What's up everybody? This is the Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert. My name is Brandon and I am the Expert. And I'm Ashlyn and I was the Betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the Recovering Addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. All right guys, let's talk about involving church leaders in your recovery process. And uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this was um, it's so common for uh, a couple when everything comes out the first person they go go and talk to is their pastor or their bishop their priest and um, they, they look for counsel there and guidance and um, and in no way do I want to get in between that relationship with people I think that's really important um, I also think that um, someone's spirituality is between it's between them and God and and if part of that spirituality is involving church leaders that's not a bad thing however I want I want to speak to um, some of the the pitfalls and some of the dangers of 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 going to a church leader and and some things that can happen with that um, not saying that you you shouldn't uh, I think it's really helpful to go to a church leader maybe just solely relying on that yeah yeah. And so, so what I want to ask is, what, first off, I want to ask you guys your experience with that and how that was for you. And then I want to share some experiences that I've, I've heard mm-hmm. and some horror stories and some, <laughs> some real sure. positives and, and how church leaders have been amazing in the process of recovery, but also how they've kind of um, caused problems as well. Yeah. So what was your guys' experience? You can tell them. <laughs> I mean, we've had like an uh, we've had like an array of experiences where we've had um, some who have been most have actually been like entirely um, like like they they've they've really wanted the best for us all of them across the board and I think that they have been um, I don't know empathetic and understanding to the extent that they're able. But I think one of the things that, that really struck me, and you'll have to share your thoughts on this too, but Ash is, is that they, they only know what they know, and they can only, which means that we've only been the recipients of uh, a small amount of help as it relates to addiction and betrayal trauma, but we've been given some, some hope as far as like, hey, do the things that are going to help you, you know, do your spiritual devotional, say your prayers, um, you know, try your Stop. best. Yeah. Stop I, doing it. I think yeah. that was the most common response was like, well, just stop then Kobe mm-hmm. and Ashlyn, you need to, you know, this isn't really your thing. So it's, I need to start meeting with Kobe. Right. And so there just wasn't an understanding that it was like, it played into both of our, uh, roles and that we needed outside help. Mm-hmm. It's that whole, there's more light and knowledge out there than just, your ecclesiastical leader. I yes. mean, there really is. Yes. And so the, the, the truth is, is you're going to a man, a man who, who might be very in tune spiritually, um, but probably is not trained or not oh, very right. well trained at all to deal with addiction and betrayal trauma. And so he's giving his, you know, his two cents. He's giving his, his best understanding of how he can help. Like you said, Kobe, his intention might be good, 
um, but he could say all of the wrong things. Yeah. And um, some common ones that I hear are, um, one, they'll turn to the spouse. Uh-huh. And one of the first things they'll do is, is just make sure that you're going to forgive and that, that you're going to hang in there. And, you know, and, and, and oftentimes that's really kind of not helpful because it's invalidating to, to, to the pain of the spouse. Um, like you're doing something wrong. I shouldn't feel this way. Right. You shouldn't feel hurt. You shouldn't feel angry. You shouldn't feel upset. And so it invalidates all of that. Right. right? And, and, and in that time of crisis, the last thing you need is somebody to say to you, you have to hang in there and you have to stick this out. And you're doing something wrong if you're feeling like you want to bail here. Right. right? Especially a spiritual leader, because I think that's different than just your friend or a sibling saying it. It's like, oh, that it, that opinion does count. He's speaking for God here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. God is saying to you, you, sh- you should feel guilt for, right. for feeling these feelings. And and the, the truth is, is is that there is no guilt for feeling emotion and feeling those feelings. Um, another thing that I've heard uh, church leaders say is, and this is one of the worst ones, and therapists say it too, is they'll, they'll hint at or even directly say, if you are more available, and the hint at is if you were more available sexually. Oh, if, I've heard that the most. Yeah. Not me personally, but so many stories of women who've said, my, my church leader told me that I, it's because I am not sexual enough. That's why he turned, and it's like, oh, what? That was, that was a thing. That actually happened to us. Think it, it did? Oh, it, it for sure did. Early in our marriage. Oh, I guess I tuned that out. Out with the bad in the <laughs> Yeah, good, good for you, Ashley. <laughs> right. I mean, think of that. In that moment of your, your, your world is just kind of crashed down, and you're sitting in there looking for help, and it gets turned on you and you're blamed and you're told that basically you haven't shown up and there's a reason why he's doing this. And to be honest, you probably already are thinking that like it's something's wrong with me because he's going to someone else or porn or whatever. So it already feels like it's your fault. And so to have, even though it's, you know, it may, they, everyone has their own choices to make. Right. In my, you know, whatever. Right. So. But, but somebody who's very religious and very faithful yeah. and devout um, in a religious way um, that that church leader has a certain level of power Absolutely. and and when they speak it, it the, the shame that that they can bring to what they say and now, now whoever if you're giving that to them right and maybe mm-hmm. you're giving that to them because you're trying to be faithful you're right. trying to be obedient um, but just understand that um, this this whole pornography thing and and the the amount of betrayal going on these days, um, ecclesiastical leaders are not prepared. They they're not trained. They they need more training, and there is more training for them. But a lot of times they're just shooting from the hip. Yeah. yeah. And and so so a couple of thoughts here is number one is the uh, there's there's very little reference in in like the Bible, for example, in the scriptures about sexual sin. And and the one that comes to mind is the woman who was caught in adultery and Jesus, after this conversation, ultimately what he says is go and sin no more right. to the, to the, to the woman who was caught in adultery. And, and if I'm to pick kind of like a theme that, that I've experienced myself or heard, that's kind of what it is. Like, just stop, just knock, it just, off. just, just knock it off. Right. Exactly. Just stop. Nice. But, um, so, so that's probably one of the reasons why ecclesiastical leaders just kind of like, 
echo the same thing. It's like, well, if that's good enough for Jesus, then but I guess that's good enough for context, me. For sure. <laughs> it to, to be sure. Forgiveness, but um, yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make it any easier for the people who are actually hearing that here and now. But my that that's kind of like the first thing is like there's not a lot in the scriptures to talk about that. We'll talk about just Ashlyn, like Ashlyn. I'm glad you're defending Jesus. <laughs> well, <laughs> really. like, you're going no, I, but, yes. but I'm not saying I'm Jesus did anything wrong. All I'm saying is like priestly leaders are, or, or church leaders are just trying to model what they see Jesus doing. Well, but but and, and what you're talking about, Kobe, is really important to address. I think, which is. You know, uh, uh, an addict will go in and say, gosh, I'm stuck. I'm sinning. I don't know what to do. Help me. Yeah. And the and, and most common response is pray more, read your scriptures, and uh, and it'll go away. And, and the problem with... with doesn't that, work. Yeah, that it does that. not work. And the reason is, is because addiction is a disease. It's a it's a mental health issue. It's a disease. And, and you can't pray it away. You can't read your scriptures for it to go away. Yeah. And um, what happens is the addict will, will take that counsel. They'll go read their scriptures. They'll pray and they'll keep relapsing. And what will happen is they'll think, gosh, I'm doing what my leader told me to do. Um, and I'm still messing up. What is wrong? There, there's something seriously wrong with me because now I'm, now I'm really spiritual and I'm still messing up. Right. And um, the, 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 the leaders who really understand how to support somebody um, in their addiction understand that, hey, I'm going to push them to be more spiritual, more connected to God. But also, this is a disease, and this is, this is something that they need more support. They need more education. They need tools. They need accountability. And I could go on and on. Mm. Um, but it's not, it doesn't just stop with um, stop it and read your scriptures and pray. Right. right? Or, it was, it was or devastating. Just a visit, like one visit. And I, I confess my sin and now like, I think we're done. Now you're good. Right. <laughs> yeah. So Cause the, what happens when life comes and life's hard, you result, you revert back yeah. to those behaviors. I think people consider confession, um, and kind of ownership. Like, yeah, I did something wrong as quote unquote repentance. Cause that's what's, that's the word that represents, what addicts cannot do. I could never, ever figure out what that word repent meant. Right. And it was the thing that like, vexed me the most. And and going back to what you just said, Brandon, like the shame, I, I became the shame onion that grew exponentially that was on like steroids. And I could never, ever figure out how to manage it. Meaning like manage the shame because it just grew worse and it was harder. And, um, and, that was, and that was super tough. But the other part of it, is just kind of taking a step back and looking at this too. It's like betrayal trauma is such a new thing, like from a research and clinical standpoint, like research standpoint, that right. it's 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 getting into um, clinical settings with specialists, but even traditional family, individual, and marriage therapists don't understand nor know how to treat betrayal trauma, let alone ecclesiastical leaders. Oh, and both right? addiction. So, and addiction, of so, course. I but. mean, there's therapy-induced trauma and there's ecclesiastical trauma uh, that, that happens after. Okay, say that again because that was actually really important and that was our experience, but say that again because that's, that's a thing. Yeah, there's therapy. There's, there's treatment-induced trauma, which means you go into a counselor who in a, in, in a lot of ways has no idea what they're doing and you're paying them money for them to give you counsel that actually hurts you. And then that happens. And so- It antagonizes trauma in, in, in a lot of cases, right? Totally. And, and that happens in, a, in, a, in the office of a pastor or a bishop or, or a priest as well. And, 
that 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 what they say really is traumatic and it causes confusion and and you know you don't know where to go from there because you just went to your leader and so in no way are we saying don't involve your your right. leaders your you church leaders mm -hmm. you need them but recognize what what their role is their role is to to be a spiritual leader for you and um I would say just go in with a, a grain of salt a little bit and understand that they might not be totally trained. Um, take what, what you, you feel feels right to you between you and God when you talk to them and, um, and get specialized help. So, um, I, I think what's also important to note here is that is that um, for me, my once all this kind of like happened and I involved priesthood leaders, it was really interesting. I had, I had people who would say just work this out with you and God. And I had others who would say, well, don't take the sacrament each week. Cause in, in the LDS church, we take the sacrament each week. Don't take the sacrament if you have a relapse. And um, so there, there wasn't even like a, a same page to operate against. And, and another one said, you need to go and you need to serve in the temple, which that's what we did for a year and a half. Yeah. It was like and, totally and, then, and then another one would say, don't get near the temple because you're not worthy. Right. Yeah. Right? It's like super yeah. opposite. So yeah. it's it's absolutely confusing. It is confusing. And 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 that's that's a mind job on the betrayed, but also on the addicted, because that 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 can actually incite permission that it's not as bad as what yeah. we think it might be. So I'm not it's not I'm not as as bad as some guys because you know they're saying it, it it's I don't need to have punishment. Yes. And and that is a super challenging thing to reconcile internally. And and for me, the, the mixed messages across the board all through the years, like it it affected directly my relationship with God. Yes. In yeah. in a in a very negative way where I thought and always operated against the idea that God was a God of judgment, a God wrath. of hell, fire, damnation, wrath. And that if anything bad happened in my life, it was because I deserved it because I had relapsed, whether it was six months ago or six days ago. Right. And I was just deserving of the punishment. And if I did relapse, it's like, okay, I'm just waiting, just waiting for the, 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 the sky to fall. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the uh, statistics show or the research shows that um, addiction, especially sex addiction, is highest in highly religious settings. So the, the more rigid the religion, the more sex addiction there is. And you think about that, it's like, wh why? why? Why is it that way? And it's because, um, think about sex especially, there's so much shame around sex and sex addiction. And, and you amplify that tenfold in a very religious setting, right? And so a, a, a leader who knows what they're doing, they understand shame. They understand, really they understand the atonement of Jesus Christ. They understand that you don't, you don't, you don't get recovery by being perfect. You get recovery by accepting your flaws and feeling love. And, and so, um, and so a, a leader, and, and as many I don't want to say bad leaders, but as many leaders that, that don't know what they're doing that I've heard stories about, I've heard equally just amazing leaders. But the, 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 thing, the thing about the good ones, they're humble. They're, they're humble and they know they need to learn they, and they, they just want to love the person first and foremost. They don't want to be rigid. They don't want to be prideful. 
and, and force that person to, to stop doing it or be righteous in a certain way. Yeah. They're, they're just humble and they love you. And you can feel that from your leader, yeah. right? Totally. I, I, I mean... I was just going to say, um, our current religious leader was super honest in saying, like, I have no experience with therapy. I don't know if it works, but it probably would help you guys. Right. And which was awesome. Yeah. Like, he was super honest. Like, I don't know. I don't have experience with this. But he didn't need to have experience with it. No. It wasn't his job to. But he, you know, he was new and he, he thought it was. Um, but I think what's cool is we were able to go back to him and say, hey, this is where we went and got help. And it really worked for us. And now he's able to pass that along to people in our church. See, he's, he's using you guys yeah. who have the experience to, to help him support other people. Hashtag you guinea pig. <laughs> but, but you can see the humility in him. He oh, don't, absolutely. You know, he, he's the leader, so he should have all the answers. He's not believing that. Right. He's saying, I'm the leader, so I need to love people. And so I'm going to use Ashton and Kobe to help support other people. Right. That's humility. That's that's awesome. The um, I guess if there's if there's a, a takeaway for if you're an ecclesiastical leader and you're listening to this, no matter what organization religion you're in, having been the guy who suffered for 31 years with addiction, it's um, I hope that what you'll take away from this is is that number one, you don't have to have all the answers like Brandon just said, and if you're resourceful in finding. The, in, in referring your members to the right specialized people for betrayal trauma and for addiction, um, that's the best thing you can do. But I also want to say that um, that the best thing to do is not necessarily to condone, but to just make sure that when that person leaves your office, that they feel love yeah. without condition. Right. Yes. They know that God loves them no matter what. That I think hearing that over and over would have helped you mm -hmm. make changes a lot sooner. Totally. And what would you say was what would be would be a really great message for the betrayed to receive from the I've, ecclesiastical leader? I've heard um, from some other girls that the best thing they heard was when their leader said, um, "I'm going to check in on you. Like mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. your happiness matters too, and I'm I'm concerned about you." And I think that makes a difference. Often, oftentimes, what what you just said. The, the betrayed feels just kind of put to the way, wayside yeah. with it all. It's his issue, and so and it all came out, so now let's deal with him. And then you're alone in your pain and, and your struggle with God and, right. and all of that stuff. And just to know that, hey, he loves you and he's care he cares about you. Totally. And, and, you know, you think about from the leader's pr perspective, and most of them are, are volunteer, giving their time, doing the best they can. Want to do just, good. Just good men. Yeah. Probably don't want the job. <laughs> <laughs> or, or that particular job, right? Like it's, it's scary. I feel like, like you say the wrong thing and look what can happen. Right. Look it's at, scary. look at this, this mantle they have. This, yeah. yeah and the weight that they have. Yeah, and the I have a guy that, that has me on speed dial. He, he calls me all the time. He, he's a leader and he, He's just humble, and I give him my two my two cents, and he goes with it, and whatever you know, if he wants to. Yeah. But he calls me because he's he's humble. Man, so. those are those are just gems. Yep, those funny. are gems. But have hope, um, have hope from the the perspective of the addicted. I want to say this too to the betrayed. If you're listening to this, um, for those that are listening to this, that this is not your fault, and um, there you need to focus on you. And if you receive the message from your ecclesiastical leader that you need to forgive, that you need to just get over this, 
um, I want you to know that that's not the approach, although that's relative, that's going to come like 18 steps down the road. And the first step for you is to just take care of you and, and know that this is not your fault. No matter what contribution you might think it is, your, your partner is responsible for their own actions, right. for their own behavior and not you. And this isn't your fault. And I do want to add one one last thing, which is um, whatever your your church leader says, um, I, I it, it, you might feel like God is abandoning you. You might feel like you're going to you're going to your leaders, you're going to your church to get answers in this time of crisis, in this time of need. And the truth is, is God is right there. No matter what your leader says, God is right there, loving you, um, just helping you through where, wherever you are. And your your leader might botch it, but God won't, right? So <laughs> that's, that's absolutely so perfect. We get in the said. way sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> we totally do. But have hope, guys, because I I totally agree with that. And having been through it, I, I completely agree with everything you just said right there. And and I know for sure that that he is. So have hope, and it can get better. All right, you guys. Thanks for being yeah. here, guys.